<laughs> Sam just got the elbow. <laughs> That's when I know we're going live. When I get the elbow. Yeah. <laughs> My code. Yeah. Usually I kick him under the table, but... We can, oh, the camera, you can't, you can kick me, kick me again. Your leg is low enough that now I can get the kick. Right? I'm excited. And no. Oh, hello, Robin. Hello. Thanks for joining in and tuning in. And we have Sherry, my mother-in-law, Jen. We've got a love family. Craig and Linda. Craig and Linda, Tanya and Tanya James. And James. There's some so fun. fun people tuning in and joining us tonight. Should be a good night. I'm excited. Me too. Yeah. yeah Am I, I making weird noises with the... I'm trying to think if it's you or me. Your earring? My earrings aren't even dangly. I don't know. It's all good. That might be better. I'll stop turning my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. Hi, Melissa, and hopefully Greg, Aww. too. Good to see you guys on. We are on Acts chapter 19. Yeah. So uh, just, just in case anyone was worried or wondering, I actually did do the right ones. I just got a little confused. So uh, we're good there. Am I starting this week? I am. You are. Sam, start. You should see our little notes. They're really cute. <laughs> um, I just wanted to start with uh, verses 5 and 6. It said, Paul laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit cared upon them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. And I feel like a broken record, but I'm repeating the same it's point over and over again. It's a good broken record. I you guess could, so. It could be worse. <laughs> my, my speaking in tongues uh, experience wasn't the greatest. So... I don't want to get into my full story, um, but it pretty much is me kind of faking it so that I would fit in. Uh, we were at a church where that was very, very valued, so I didn't really have like the real breakthrough, wow, I'm speaking in tongues moment. At some point yeah. in my life, I did speak in tongues, but I don't have a memory. Uh, the memory that stands out is the, the scary one, really, in faking it. And so, um, but now I can, and I do, and it's incredibly helpful. Yeah. And it's something, I'm not sure what I would be able to do without, to be truthfully honest. Mm. Because even in this season, like, I sometimes I don't know what I'm feeling and how to pray, and, but at least I can pray in tongues. So, yeah. Uh, now, interesting enough, so Paul actually wrote First and Second Corinthians while he was in Ephesus around this time. And it's interesting that... You know, particularly First Corinthians, he spends a lot of time speaking about spiritual gifts, uh, specifically about uh, the whole, obviously the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I don't know. Uh, again, I want to offer to anyone who has sought after the ability to speak in tongues but hasn't been able to, yeah, or has yeah. questions about it. Uh, last Pentecost, so not the Pentecost, but the Pentecost before that, um, our uh, denomination made available to us uh, uh, teachings from. Uh, someone who's, who's friends with the denomination, his name is Dr. Daniel Brown, and he teaches on and speaks on uh, uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he shares his story, and it's neat. It's, Whenever it there's a, yeah. a four-square minister that doesn't actually believe or, or is able to speak in tongues, uh, um, he actually has a conversation, we set up a meeting with him. And so you just spend some time talking to him, and, and uh, so far everyone has left speaking in, yeah. in tongues, so that's really so neat. So if you want to... Yeah, so we have two. We can send it to you. We have two videos. <laughs> One's a shorter one that he did on Sunday. He doesn't really talk about it that much. And then there's a longer kind of teaching ses session that I can send that to you. So just ask. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess we just continue on. Verses nine and ten. He held daily discussions at the lecture hall at Tyrannus, and I thought, you know, Tyrannus. this is mm -hmm. Tyrannus. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and I thought this would be a good, great time for fun facts with Sam. So uh -huh. fun facts Here we with go. Sam. Um, one ancient thought, though not inspired. Uh, writing says that Paul held his meetings at the school 
from 11 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Uh, this was a time most people rested from work, including Paul, who worked to support himself while in Ephesus. And you see that in Acts 20. Uh, these also may have been the off hours for the school itself. So, oh. yeah, so Paul had his daily uh, meeting, uh, had, did this daily, which means every day, which is a phenomenal <laughs> because, you know, after Sunday, I'm I a wondered, vegetable. So. I wondered what daily meant. Yeah, considering his extended time in Ephesus, <laughs> that meant that uh, he probably spent hundreds of hours uh, teaching. Yeah, That's well, you'd cool. have to have researched and done all these yeah. things. Well, you know, I had a really um, amazing insight on mm-hmm. verses 11 and 12. I wrote, yes. wow. Wow. <laughs> What's happening in verses 11 and 12? This is what my, you would probably laugh if you could see my notes because I just wrote, wow. But really, this is why. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled I wrote, wow, because wow. yes, that is yeah. amazing. James and Tanya had something on that one as well. Yeah. It's right here. On the bottom. Very smooth. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, I had skipped over a bit in verse 10 as well. It said that uh, Jews, Jews and Greeks in Asia heard about Jesus. Everyone heard the word of the Lord. So a challenge. How many churches are in Pal River and how many people have not yet heard about Jesus? Let's wow. do it. Let's do it. Let's tell others. Well, hi, Doreen. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> and it's also cool, James and Tanya touched on the, the, well, they called it clothes, but also it said handkerchiefs or aprons that were passed around. Neat that um, these dirty, what would be dirty clothes, just something that had touched Paul's body, are considered <laughs> clean by God and they healed others. In other words, the unclean became clean. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. That yeah. So another I, wow. Yeah. I just like how unique it's unique and how like God just confirms the gospel in unique ways. Now, Ephesus was known for being a really, really spiritual town. Uh, they made uh, uh, the majority of their kind of industry was like uh, spell books, incantations, stuff like that, which we see uh, later on here and when you read in Ephesians as well. So it's an incredibly spiritual place that really kind of believed in this stuff. And it's interesting that God would, would in a way, confirm his gospel in that way. Uh, I was actually reading it from a commentary. Uh, I didn't write down uh, who the, wrote the commentary, which is probably good because I used several. But uh, this is what one of the commentaries says. says. We can imagine this happening at first almost by accident. Uh, perhaps a yeah. person in need of healing took a handkerchief from Paul in a superstitious manner and was healed, but it became a pattern that others imitated as we will see, the superstitious practice of magic and sorcery was prevalent in Ephesus. So it should not surprise us that it took a, a, a quite superstitious view of the miracle done through Paul. This is just a point of view. That God would stoop down to meet us even in our crude superstitions. superstitions. Hmm. This, this never means that God is pleased with our superstitions. Uh, um, oh, I lost my spot. But that in his mercy, he may overlook them to meet a need. And then mm-hmm. he says, this is a commentary. I remember seeing what looked to be loosely rolled up newspaper on a pulpit in Bulgaria, being told, uh, being told they were pieces of fabric, which was just wrapped in newspaper, uh, uh, that the pastors prayed over and then were taken to homes of the sick people. Actually, this was a common practice in uh, Bul- uh, Bulgaria uh, or in Bulgarian churches where this particular guy actually ministered. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have answers. I People obviously were healed. People mm-hmm. walked through uh, Peter's shadow and were healed, and Paul's shadow, and, and you see the moment where Jesus' hem was touched, and he was healed. And 
Uh, um, I don't have woman. answers. The woman was healed. Sorry, I don't have answers. It's just God does what he does. Yeah. They're called signs and wonders. They're signs that make, make you, you wonder. wonder. Yeah, and uh-huh. it's when we try to repeat the signs, I think that's become the problem, right? Where, oh, it must be the handkerchief. So we do the, repeat the model. And it's not the model. It's the power Spirit of the Holy of God. Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what verses were you on? You were on 11. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so see, my sister made a cheeky comment that said we weren't going to touch on verse 16. But I have to say that it is verse 16 that scared me. What was verse 16? <laughs> the man with the evil spirit oh, leaped yeah. on them, overpowered them, and attacked them. Did anyone else read that and go, this is why I am nervous to do spiritual warfare <laughs> when I was younger? Yeah. I, I know who God is now, but I, I remember reading it going, all right, let's just never try that. <laughs> it's funny. I actually had a... I Were you had, the opposite? Well, no, I had, to, I had a lot of like useless facts, and I had to decide whether I was going to save them for unusual or this one because I didn't want to take over. Uh-huh. So I kind of just deleted them all. But I found it really fascinating because I actually grew up in this church culture. <laughs> uh, our, our church practiced a lot of deliverance. Uh, in fact, I had a friend who, uh, his name is Pierre. I'm not sure if he's watching or not. But Pierre kind of had this gifting and uh, people would manifest in front of Pierre all the time. <laughs> we would be in Tim Hortons and this would happen. And he would, you know, it was very natural for him. Never kind of like this. So like this stuff doesn't scare me. Although I actually have a memory. And I don't know if anyone remembers this. But I, my mom used to listen to a radio program with this guy on 106.5. Oh my goodness. And I can't remember his name. But it was, it was literally his entire ministry was, was deliverance. Cool. And he had this radio show. And, like, people would call in manifesting on the radio show. My mom <laughs> would watch it, uh, listen to it, and I'd be, like, in the corner. Just kind scared. Of crying <laughs> and scared a little bit. Uh, if anyone remembers his name, it, it was really popular in the 90s and early 2000s. As soon as, as, soon as someone hears his name, they're like, oh, no, I know no. what it is. But he had a show on 106.5. So there you go. James and Tanya commented on that part. Oh, too, yeah. So referencing the seven sons of Sceva incident, it shows that there is no power without relationship. Mm-hmm. They told the demon to leave in Jesus' name because Paul believed in him, but they didn't have a relationship with the Lord yet, so they got beaten up. Religion <laughs> doesn't save you, but relationship does. That's an excellent point. That is a good point. Oh, I, uh, yeah, Melissa's saying, good point. There's no formula to make God heal. Yeah, um, I've learned that one. Uh, Jen writes, I just, like the, I just like the result of the clash in verses 16 and 17 was that people yeah. believed and came and confessed their practices. God moved and light impacted the town. That's actually a really good point, Jen. I, I agree with that. I like that too. I, I like Linda's. I wish those healings happened like that today. And you know what? Me too. Yeah, and they should. We did pray over a scarf one time and mail it, and the young woman passed away. But there's that longing there to... Yeah. And I know it's not the scarf. It was just, you know, that intense longing that God would intervene and... Yeah, I remember that, and I wish it had been different as well. But there is no formula, and we just keep keep going. But keep anyway, going. I did really enjoy, made me think of the high school days when there was, like, awesome things happening in our youth group here, and uh, Jen will appreciate this. And lots of people got saved and, and delivered and all these things. And one of the things that was big in our teenage days, maybe it was in all of yours too, but I don't know all of yours, I just know mine, was that people would, like get seriously get rid of their sinful things like oh, like yeah. magazines yeah, or CDs. cds or anything in your house that was 
not from the Lord or yeah. burn it in a bonfire or whatever they might I've do. I've heard of that. Yeah. This made me think of that. number of them who'd been practicing sorcery brought their stuff and burned it in a public bonfire. The value of their books was several million dollars. And I yeah. went, that is salvation. Yeah. With youth group, we did a drug burning. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, when we were in Master's Commission, we had a, a large number of youth get saved, like significant. We were a youth group of maybe 30. To, it turned out to be a youth group of about 150, and about easily 100 of them were brand new Christians. Yeah. They were burning their Love cigarettes the intensity. And, and, and drugs. And, <laughs> it's an interesting smelling bonfire, I can tell you that. <laughs> but still, it was yeah. awesome. I just like even look at that whole section, and you see Ephesus, an incredibly spiritual community. And I actually really like the book of Ephesians, and I've preached out of it. Because I really feel like we're living in a really Ephesus. I say that later. It's my favorite book. Yeah. We're speaking (laughs) in a very Ephesus-like community. Yeah. Very, very spiritual, very open. Uh, The difference is when Paul ministered, he ministered the gospel. It was demonstrated by God, and it it validated. It said, okay, I I am the God over the spiritual. I am the King of Kings, Alpha and Omega. I am the spiritual leader, right? And and, and it's that demonstration of power, I believe, that is a key to to the cities we live in today. Yeah. Because we live in a, in, a, in a world where the idea of being like an atheist doesn't really exist much anymore. Well, it still exists. I'm not I saying mean, that. yeah, people but say just, they are. It's, it's becoming a lot more far-fetched. And they recognize that there's the spirit. And now how do we show them who our Lord is? And that, that's like Paul. Like, God is the king of it all. He is over it all. I liked, yeah. um, in starting in chapter 20, um, it said it just named all the people that were traveling with yeah. him um, from a whole bunch of places: Berea, Thessalonica, Derby or Derb, whatever. I can't even say all the rest of them. And it made me think of the mission trip I did at the beginning of 2020, and yes. we had it was just so cool. I loved. Uh, I went on a trip to Nicaragua and had met up with a few people from Canada, but then also. Uh, Mexico and Costa Rica and then Nicaragua. So we, get, we couldn't even all speak the same language. It was cool. Yeah. And it made me think of that. I'm like, yeah, you took a wide variety of people and that's just a neat way to minister because a lot of the gifts and ages and talent, they were all yeah. covered by, by that. But anyway, I liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, I guess yours like isn't until later. Yeah. I don't jump into Eutychus. Yeah. What a story I wrote. That's so what I wrote on my funny. notes. What a story. And... I would have been the one sitting in the window falling asleep too because I, well, I can't handle being up past midnight. But <laughs> I disagree. So okay. I read this and I finally feel validated. I, like, I know exactly where this comes from. So anyway, first of all, who's ever had trouble staying awake at church? This is a safe time to admit uh-huh. it because here Eutychus actually falls out because he falls asleep. But I love the part where literally, and this is Sam paraphrase, Paul runs down there and he's like, okay, Eutychus, you're fine. Right, he just runs them. They're fine, and then they go back upstairs, and he preaches some more. He'd literally die. So, like, <laughs> you're fine, and, and and I joke about that. It's a total inside joke, but this is literally what Katie does. I'm like, so Paul, yeah, <laughs> um, we we will be. Uh, I will get hurt, or she would literally hurt me. That's usually what happens. Is she would literally hurt me by mistake, and her natural response is by yelling, "You're, you're fine,", fine. <laughs> and then move on. Even though like I'm not fine, you just close the door of my fingers. No, no, you're fine, and that's it. That's right. So now I learned that it's actually biblical, and uh, Katie is Paul. And uh, we just turned (laughs) off our computer here, so let me fix that. (laughs) I liked Jen's. (laughs) Go back. Verse 1936 needs to be the anthem for Facebook comments. Keep calm. Since this is an undeniable fact, you should stay calm and not do anything rash. <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that Amen. was funny. 
Let me just quickly comment here. No, just kidding. That's, that's literally Facebook. Why are you writing this in the... Fa- yeah, anyways. Tanya commented too, which oh, was awesome. Where is it? Oh, there he is. And just because we are not seeing breakthrough the first time when prayer, praying for healing, it doesn't mean that we don't keep going after it. We go after it in obedience and with faith that he has already accomplished this. Amen. Yeah, yeah we just keep going. Yeah. Just keep swimming. It was a serious comment. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm literally encouraging myself here. We just got to keep going. I really loved verse 17. Or wait, did James and Tanya have one here? It says, Oh yeah, they just 17. thought it was really funny the way Luke described it. So I wanted to highlight that because you said the same thing. Okay, yes. The way Luke said Paul was going on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Luke was bored. Was he there? I don't know. You know what? I bet if Luke was sitting beside Paul, he'd be getting some leg kicks too. Yeah, stop talking. <laughs> I, liked, I wrote I liked verse 17. Um, Oh, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus asking them to come and meet him. I thought that was cool. I don't yeah. know why it stood out to me other than it was a special invitation to the Ephesian elders. Um, we read later in the chapter that um, they knelt and prayed with him. They all cried as they em- embraced. Oh, the sound's on. <laughs> they all cried as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. They were sad. They would never see him again. He had a real relationship with yes. the Ephesian elders. Oh, yeah, And I, I said, I don't know if this has anything to do with Ephesians being my favorite book of the Bible, but I think he really gave it. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you read Ephesians, you're like, this is awesome. You, I don't know. It is my favorite. I think they were his favorite. Yeah. Honestly. Well, when you, let's add, like, how many hours a day he spent teaching them mm-hmm. and, like, bringing the gospel. And it's like... I think his heart was really there. His heart was really there. And for the people, like you picture, they were searching for something, right? They were invested in searching for something, and they found it in God. So I'm pretty sure they were quite thankful too. Okay, Jen, that okay, is so funny. was really funny. She said in, in verse 11, they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's Supper, and ate together. She said all Eutychus needed was a snack. Probably. Probably. <laughs> you know, what snack. doesn't a snack fix? Snack, snacks are enough to raise the dead. Yeah. I appreciate, Patrine, your comment that uh, you have just keep swimming in your bathroom. Uh, we joke about it, but I literally, I, I te- every day, just keep going. Next day. <laughs> one day at a time. One day at a time. <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah. Wow, man. We got to do a whole, like, do you remember uh, um, there was a season in the 2000s where, like, lots of books were written on simple sentences in the Bible, right? There'd be a sentence in the oh. Bible, and they write a book about it, like, hmm. uh, The Prayer of Jabez is one of them. Like, oh, all those oh little like, kind of like that. They're all, like, good. We got to do one on Dory, because like, just keep swinging is a, <laughs> I think there's some theological sound. Uh, just keep uh, going. Things, one step there. in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 going back to Sirius, verse 19, like, he actually cried. Yeah. And uh, this, is, this is the section where he knows he's going to die, right? <laughs> and... It took me by surprise. Honestly, Luke makes it sound like everything Paul went through was easy for Paul. Not easy in that, like, okay, like, being beat and, like, walking out of town isn't easy. Uh, but Paul, like, knows, and he cried. And it's the first time we see the humanizing side of Paul. Like, he still did it. And he did hard things. And he prayed for him. And he did it willingly. But he still cried. And that was good. So, yeah. Yeah. It's okay to cry. Story isn't in the Bible, Sam. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Like, I know. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> All right? Admit that, but I bet I could sell a lot the of concept, books. The concept. The concept, Jen. Um, 
I had a, I've got to flip my page here. Let's see. Where are we now? Oh, you, you says you have something between 28 and 32. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know why I wanted to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder what I was thinking when Just I wrote some swimming, of the things. Just keep swimming, Katie. Just keep swimming. I actually said I should read it out loud. Yeah, and I'm like, literally hmm. says, and I'm like, well, I wonder what's in there that you <laughs> no, need to no, read No, no, it's loud. all about like false prophets and stuff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Maybe All I wrote right. down the wrong chapter. We're taking, <laughs> we're taking Dory very seriously by demonstrating the Dory mentality right now. I don't really know what I meant yeah. there. <laughs> Have a short memory and just keep swimming, people. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Haven't we not? You seriously? Okay, yeah. let's keep going then. Yeah, let's go to 21. I loved 21. I, I have thought a it point. was. I th- oh, you have another point? Oh, sorry. I'd already well, shared mine. I have mine. verse 35. Oh, cool. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know why I did this, too. Okay, hold on. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. Okay. I remember. No, it's a powerful section, Katie. So maybe you should read it. Okay. Oh, maybe that was, maybe I meant to. Maybe. Okay, I'll read it after. Thanks for the encouragement. (laughs) I have to give credit to actually you here, Katie. Oh, no. Okay, so this whole section is about um, generosity. So in the beginning of our relationship and really marriage, uh, tithing and generosity were like kind of a stumbling block for me and Katie. There's actually a thing that Katie did. I, I, like she'd come out of the kitchen and she'd have yeah. this face <laughs> and she'd be like, Sam. And I knew right away she wanted to give someone money. And it was usually a fight. And Katie has always been and continues to be a generous giver. Uh, even when it comes to tithing, it was never about, oh, let's just do it. Like it's 10%, let's do it. It was always like, Sam, this is what I feel we need to give. And, like, sometimes I wish 10% was a law, but we just give. And yet, like, it's actually changed me mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, like, I just see the benefits, not only the benefits of generosity, but, like, the heart and how I just love it. And so uh, I just see this in Paul, too, like, the, the generous heart. The heart. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read those verses because okay. for some reason I wanted to read them, and so now let's do it. Verse 28. Yeah. Guard yourselves and God's people. I like that, I guess, encouragement. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church. Purchase with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. I just think he was nervous to leave. <laughs> yeah. he, knew what, he knew what was happening. And I agree, Melissa had something to say there. So it's interesting the that the yeah. Holy Spirit is leading him to these places and yet warns him that hardships in prison are facing him. So true. That's what yeah. I wrote from 21. The prophecies that came at him, they were like, don't go to Jerusalem. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I was like, nothing changed the direction he was going. He knew the direction. And I was like, these were almost like confirmation, not, yeah. not discouraged. Like, you know how something, don't go that way. No, this is exactly why I'm going that way. I knew that trouble was coming my way. And maybe that's the difference is that God had, you know, had shown him, had revealed yeah. this isn't an easy journey. And I mean, Paul, here we go. <laughs> Paul, Paul knew it before the prophecy. So the prophecy really confirmed. confirmed. And that's the part why I really like the fact that, he, that Luke writes how he shed tears. Because, Melissa, you're right. He knew the hardships. 
I think he mourned them and then he went and did them because God is greater. Yeah, Tanya said he had absolutely no fear, just obedience and joy. He considered his life worth nothing to him compared to finishing the race and preaching Jesus. Thanks, Melissa. And then Jen, there are just so many voices that will draw away from the heart of the gospel and community of the church. You know what? And that's so true, especially like we live in an age with so much information and like, I, I'm a Twitter guy, so a lot of people would be sheltered from this, but Twitter is just right now so full of these denominational arguments about like race and gender and these areas. And you're like, guys, the gospel. Hey, Jesus. guys, the gospel. <laughs> Jesus. And taking our eyes off the prize. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good point, Jen. Did you want to read anything that, about that? or? Well, well, in 21 again, and... Um, it was interesting. So verse 13 says, I'm not ready, not o- I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of our Lord Jesus. What's really interesting here is I kind of did my act study like Thursday afternoon. And Thursday morning, our devotional for a men's breakfast, we got oh, together yep. with some guys. And uh, it was actually in this section. It was 2113. And when I was thinking about it, I read the devotional like on Tuesday. I remember thinking, like, I just can't relate to the idea of dying, right? Like, I just oh, don't, yeah. I don't relate to this concept. I, I, I have, I, I'll always say, oh, yeah, I'll, I die for Jesus, but I've actually never had to make that decision before. And so I was just praying. I'm like, God, how do I relate this to something I understand? And I feel like in my devotional time, God was challenging me, what, what am I willing to give up? What, what am I willing to give in my time? What am I willing to give my money? What am I willing to give in my effort uh, uh, to people for my name, for my sake. And so I was able to better relate to it. Like, Paul was ready to go to Jerusalem and die. And it's funny, I feel like, okay, am I ready to die to myself for someone else so that I can be Jesus, for the gospel, Mm -hmm. really? And what am I willing to give? And we were talking about it at Guy's Coffee. And interesting enough, Guy Wong said this. So Guy Wong immediately says, um, if, if your wife or someone you love was drowning in the water, would you jump in after them? And it was the answer, it was in a heartbeat. You know, it would be the biggest storm. And if Katie went overboard, I would jump in right away. And I would risk my life to save hers because I, vow, I, because I love her, right? And it's, it, it totally changed the dynamic of it. So anyways, I just thought I'd throw it in there because it was an interesting discussion. Maybe it's something that you guys could think about too. Uh, uh, maybe the idea of dying is like, well, it's I don't have to make that decision. Jesus. But like, what are we willing to do for Jesus? Like, what are we willing to give of ourselves for Jesus. What are we willing to take for Jesus, right? Yeah. Like, Yeah, good yeah. point. Well, lots of comments. You guys are discussing, uh, and it's fantastic. We, we shared yeah, most no, of those we just, ones. Yeah. We just love seeing it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I thought, okay, so verse 23, did anyone else, does anyone else still find it a little odd that we're still talking about the outward expressions of the Jewish faith? Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I thought... Here's what we want you to do. Go with them to the temple and do all these things. So then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you should observe the Jewish laws. But then it didn't help. (laughs) (laughs) We see in verse 27, the seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and roused a mob against him, grabbed him and yelling and all these things. And I'm like, it didn't work, guys. (laughs) The outward expression is not helping. Like, why are we still dealing with this? It was interesting because Katie told me this. We're sitting here tonight before it started. And, like, I thought the same thing. 
So I'm like reading these commentaries. Sure, they're going to mention it. They don't even mention it. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm glad I'm not crazy. It's just nope. weird to me that they're still stuck I'm on I'm sure this. there's a really good reason, and we, we, I'm not yeah. intellectual enough to know why they keep poking at that. Yeah. Other than they want him to reach Jews, I'm sure, but it, in this particular instance, it didn't seem to help. No. But that's just me. Yeah. One of the commentaries I was actually reading, I was reading a commentary by F.F. F. Bruce, and I mentioned that only because um, if you read about F.F. F. Bruce, he's actually really cool. He actually speaks both the languages. Mm-hmm. He's learned them, and he's a really cool guy. So you can look him up. Excellent. He's got a book. He's got a commentary on Acts that uh, uh, I, I use, and I, I, use it, uh, I have it online on my iPad. But uh, he makes this observation, the similarities between Paul's arrest and Jesus' arrest. Oh, cool. So like Jesus, Paul traveled to Jerusalem with a group of disciples, Like Jesus, Paul had opposition from hostile Jews who plotted against his life. Uh, Like Jesus... We can pause and say hi to Josh. (laughs) Hey, Josh. Especially because he complimented us and said we look so young. I don't know. I think the camera... It's just like the worst angle ever. But anyway. Okay. (laughs) I I get easily distracted. I'm like Dory. Hey, Josh. It's good to see you, buddy. I miss you, man. Like Jesus, Paul made and received three successive predictions of his coming suffering in Jerusalem, including being handed over to the Gentiles. Uh, like Jesus, Paul had followers who tried to discourage him from going to Jerusalem and the faith that awaited him there. Like Jesus, Paul declared his readiness to lay down his life. And like Jesus, Paul was determined to complete his ministry and not be deflected from it. Uh, like Jesus, Paul expressed his abandonment for the will of God. Like him, Paul came to Jerusalem to give something. Paul was unjustly arrested on the basis of false accusations. And like Jesus, Paul heard the mob crying out. Uh, and, and like Jesus, uh, like Jesus, <laughs> Paul heard them crying. Sorry, like I... Jesus, the Roman officer handling Paul's case did not know his true identity. And like Jesus, Paul was associated with terrorists by Roman officials. And I don't know if it adds anything, but uh, I just, it's he cool. made that observation. You see it because right in the beginning, uh, uh, when, Paul, when Saul encountered Jesus on the road, uh, uh, right after that, he tells An- An- Ananias, be, you know, pray for him, remove his things, because, you know, he will see, you know, he will suffer like I suffered, essentially, is what he said. Like, mm-hmm. And now we're kind of seeing the comparisons, real. It's kind of cool. Craig's asking if it was Bob Larson. Yes. <laughs> Bob Larson. My goodness. Like, if you want a demonstration of God's power and authority, Bob Larson. It's um, crazy. Thanks, Chris. A side note there was James and Tanya commented on verse 9. Yeah. said, Philip the evangelist's four unmarried daughters who prophesy. What an awesome sentence is that, for one thing. Yeah. Um, they were noticed for their gifts of prophecy in a culture where women weren't recognized. Their identities were solid. Prophesying is calling out the gold in people that they can't see themselves. So yeah. if you want to prophesy, I can hear them saying this. If you want to prophesy over someone, start with this. The gift I see in you is. So, yeah. That was A just youthful cool. looking face. Yeah. Good. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for Josh. prophesying, Josh. <laughs> um, I don't know if I had anything else there. You should. 38 you had... made me laugh. What well, was 38? 21 was your chapter. Oh, no, I thought 38 was funny. Yeah. The, the commander that he was talking to said... Aren't you the Egyptian who led a rebellion some time ago and took 4,000 members of the assassins out into the desert? Paul's like, no, not him. I'm like, does he even know why he's arresting this guy? <laughs> no, because that's mob. <laughs> he had no idea what was even happening. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. And then, of course, it ends, and we're in the middle of a cliffhanger. I said, to be continued. To be continued. As he's being... Yeah. 
He's about ready to address them. I can actually relate to Paul being misidentified as a terrorist. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> can we cut the video before that, <laughs> before that last comment? It's too late. We Maybe can't. we should pray. Oh, right. that sounds good. Go ahead. Yeah. Redeem yourself. Redeem myself by prayer. <laughs> All right. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness, and your amazing grace. I thank you for the things we've learned. And all joking aside, Father, I pray mm-hmm. that you would, in the Holy Spirit, empower us, that we would just keep moving forward, just keep swimming, that we would just keep praying, believing, uh, as, uh, that you're just going to demonstrate your gospel as we continue to demonstrate your gospel with our words and our actions. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. See you next week.